Yeah. So I like was in the lead right at about halfway and then you turn around and you run against the whole field. <laughs> and that's when I saw Anton and Ian for the first time and they both looked like really fresh. And I think Ian said to me, Hey, see you later. <laughs> Welcome to the gotta run racing podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners. And they're off. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Gutter Run Racing episode. Hi. <laughs> what is going on in the world of Gutter Run Racing? Well, it's crunch time, folks. We've got our last two races of the season fast approaching. This weekend is Island Lake Classic. Mm. And what I was just remembering today is the fact that we've been dealing with ultras all year. And now we're heading back into a 5 and a 10K. Hmm. And every time we do this race, we can't believe how fast it goes by. Yeah, we're done by noon. <laughs> we're done by <laughs> noon. And we're like, okay, what now what? What do you mean there's nobody still out there running? So Yeah, and it's our 10th year. Yes, So this is, is cool. And it's a nice course. It's around a lake. And uh, the fall colors hopefully start moving and shaking. But yeah. yeah. No, it's exciting. So it's crunch time. That's what's up. That's what is up. And who is on the podcast today? We got a good one today, folks. It's Adrian McDonald from Fort Collins, Colorado. Adrian recently won for the second time Leadville 100. Second time in a row. Second not, time in a row. And not too many people have done it back to back. So I no, think there's only haven't. maybe a handful. And he comes from the road world. Yeah, fast marathoner for sure. 2.26 was his fastest marathon time. I think at Boston, I'm not too sure, but definitely uh, a fast runner and new to the scene. He just kind of broke out or started doing ultras four years ago, five years ago. Yeah, yeah. not even, I don't think. So yeah, there's lots to talk about, lots to know about this kid. Yeah, let's uh, see what he's got to say. Let's dive in. Here is Adrian McDonald coming up. Welcome, Adrian, to the podcast, and a big congrats to you on your repeat at Leadville. <laughs> Thank you, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to chat about both Leadvilles in a minute, but first, you're relatively new to the ultra scene and wondering what made you switch from marathons to ultras. So in the spring of 2020, I was training for the Boston Marathon, and obviously that got canceled. And so there's this, here in Fort Collins, Colorado, there's um, sort of like a dirt service road that runs up a mountain just outside of town. And since I was pretty fit, I decided to go after the fastest known time on that. And in doing that, I did a lot of trail running, um, sort of fell in love with it. And I had always had this idea of doing ultras and sort of having all the road marathons canceled was mm -hmm. sort of, a, just sort of felt like it was the time to do it. Did you read Born to Run before you signed up for Leadville? No, I actually didn't read Born to Run until this summer. Oh, wow. <laughs> what did you think? Um, I like enjoyed it. So I had always thought that uh, it was actually gifted to me when I graduated from college back in 2010 by my grandmother. And I always, like I had obviously heard about the book and I thought if I read it, it was just sort of like a book about running barefoot. 
Um, mm. But now that I've actually read it, I know that there's a lot more to it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, all the Leadville history is cool. And yeah, it's a great story. It sure is. You should listen to the audio version because the guy who does the audio version of the book, it's more impact and he puts a lot of uh, emotion into it. So yeah, it's a, it's a big tw bit of twist on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. Oh yeah, there's supposed to be a movie with... Uh, Cabala Blanco coming out. Really? Yeah. And I actually think it's Matthew McConaughey that plays him. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be that'll be good for all the ultra runners out there. So what made you choose Leadville as your first 100 miler? Well, one, it's sort of close to Colorado. I mean, I hadn't really, I wasn't, I'm a pretty big like student of the sport when I was like into marathons and track, but I didn't really know much about ultra marathoning. So Leadville was just sort of the one in Colorado that I knew about. And then I had done, there's this race, it's a road race up a 14er here in Colorado. Uh, Mount Evans ascent and I had done that while training for a marathon and did pretty well and so I thought that maybe I I could do well at a really high altitude race like Leadville. How did your coach feel that you were running on trails while training for a marathon? <laughs> well that was a road race so. Okay but did they mind it all when you were kind of going back and forth playing around with it a little bit? No he's always been he just like lets me do whatever I get, whatever inspires me or whatever I'm passionate about. He just finds a way to work it in. Well, that's a nice coach. Yeah. <laughs> Did you feel any pressure going into Leadville your first time around being at your first hundred miler and nobody really knew who you were? Right. Um, I mean, all the pressure last year was just sort of pressure that I put on myself that I just wanted to do really well. So I don't know if there was any more pressure that I, for running a hundred miles than there was for like a road marathon, like I was doing before, I guess there's a little bit cause you have like your pacers waiting in the wings and you don't want to have them like miss out on their run for the day or. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> So yeah, there, I guess there's like a little bit of like added pressure because you have all these other people involved, but that was really it. And what about you towing the line and you see Anton and legends of Leadville, Anton and <laughs> Ian Sherman. What was going through your mind knowing that you're going to be racing against these guys? So Anton, I'd obviously known about Anton and seen Unbreakable and other things about him. And um, since he had been off, for so long it'd been like five or seven years since he had finished an ultra i didn't really think he would be like that competitive so it was actually like really impressive that he ended up finishing third that year but yeah after the i hadn't seen him in the race i had maybe seen ian like take off right at the start and i don't remember passing him must have been in the dark or at the first aid station but yeah so i like was in the lead right at about halfway and then you turn around and you run against the whole field <laughs> and that's when i saw anton and ian for the first time and they both looked like really fresh and i think ian said to me hey see you later <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah that's when i sort of got 
sort of starstruck and intimidated by them. <laughs> yeah, and I sort of like, I don't know if I was like doubting myself, but it was there was like a little bit of a thoughts of like, oh no, these guys are like so experienced. What am I doing way out in front of them? And they look so fresh, but I didn't think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> My story with Anton is that in 2014, when I did Leadville, he was coming down Hope and I was going up Hope and he almost pushed me off the mountain. <laughs> Really? <laughs> Got the elbows out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he went on the inside and I went on the outside. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's tough because it's like a single track and you're past every single person in the race. Uh, yeah. Which gives you an advantage when you're, in, when you're up front because then you can safely say where, where you're at compared to everyone else, right? Yeah, but the um, one issue I ran into that I noticed this year is like a lot of people, they're like hiking up with their head down. Um, oh. <laughs> some of them have like headphones in. And so I guess in the past when you could have pacers over that section, it was good to have a pacer to sort of like be your, your plow to get everyone out of the way. And it's sort of hard to do that when you're 56 miles in or whatever. Are you saying you're not allowed to have a pacer starting Winfield anymore? Oh, yeah, not till you get back to Twin Lakes. Oh wow, wow. that yeah. that's a big change. I didn't know. No, I did not know that. No. Yeah, they put that in last year. What was the reason behind that? Do you know? I think it was just traffic related. The, the traffic hmm. at Winfield. They don't allow crew there either. Right. I would hate to go back over Hope without a pacer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what people say, but it, it's all I know, so. <laughs> True enough. <laughs> nice. Did you run into any surprises in your first 100-miler? Obviously, you did extremely well, but was there anything that you came across that you weren't expecting? or? So I, I guess last year I was sort of surprised at how easy it was. <laughs> and then this year, and it like wasn't easy, but maybe it was just, I don't know, but then this year I like went into it thinking like, oh, this is gonna be, I'm gonna feel like really good all day like I did last year. It was like harder this year. And I don't know if like last year I had like all this like extra adrenaline cause I was sort of surprising myself by running so well. But, like I had forgotten how much it hurt to <laughs> go back up Hope Pass the second time. I think that you said the the key to ultra running you forget about the pain until you're back in it again and that's why yeah. you keep signing up for these things <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and maybe you had a little bit of beginner's luck on your side too <laughs> yeah i'm sure that was some of it i'm curious when you got picked up by on because we've spoken to um another canadian runner who was on the on team at one point i don't think he is anymore but it's still one of those sort of niche brands out of Europe. So when, when did they uh, contact you? So I signed with them back in late January. And I have an agent who was working on all of the contract stuff, uh, Josh Cox. And they on we sort of like, they're really building out their trail team this year, they've moved uh, David Kilgore into like an athlete manager role. Mm -hmm. And so he's sort of taken that over starting in January of this year and they've really been building up the team. Right. 
Well, having Roger Federer on their side now, yeah. I think certainly <laughs> they're understanding that aspect of the business, maybe even a little more than some of the other brands, because obviously he's under one of the most expensive contracts in the world, or at least he was. So it's interesting to see their rise because they, they haven't really been on the scene that long, but I think they've made themselves known fairly quickly compared to some of the other smaller brands. But yeah, it's really exciting. Like they're, they keep signing a bunch of, like they have the track team down Boulder. Hmm. Um, that's doing really well. And they've just started a team in Europe and I think they're starting one in Australia. Um, oh. And then they're signing a bunch of really fast co collegiate athletes who just graduated. Um, so yeah, they're really going all in, which is really exciting to be a part of. Absolutely. Also, like the, their technology with their shoes is like rapidly developing, which is also fun to be a part of. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I do enjoy the bounce that On gives you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only one thing that I will criticize is they need to get away from white shoes. <laughs> yeah. So I wore the shoes I wore at Leadville were white and they were surprisingly clean at the end. Because <laughs> I think there's something about them where just a little bit of rain can clear them up. Mm. Uh, so it rained with 15 miles to go and made them look nice and fresh for the, the finish. <laughs> well, maybe they figured it out then. <laughs> nice. Now, after your win at Leadville in 21, did you feel a little bit of pressure at Black Canyons this year? Because everybody now knows who you are. Right. Yeah, Black Canyon, I think I sort of let, uh, so when I ran Leadville last summer, like I didn't really care about anyone else in the race. Like I went into it, like I'm just going to go run, run this race and like do as best as I can. And it ended up winning. And then for Black Canyon, I was like looking at all the other people in the race and they all had these like really fast, I was like obsessing over their like road marathon and half marathon <laughs> And I was like convincing myself that the race was going to be really fast because of that, even though like hundred K races are never that fast. And so I, I don't know if it was like pressure, but just sort of like a lack of confidence. Like I knew I could run hundred miles really well, but I wasn't sure about hundred K. And so I like, cause I thought the race was going to be so fast. I like didn't want to, drink too much water and have to like stop and pee. And there's like all these sort of silly things that I let happen to myself just because I was like intimidating myself about the, the other runners. Yeah. So what happened uh, at Black Canyon? Yeah, I just sort of, um, I was like, especially coming from Colorado to Arizona in the middle of winter, it was, wasn't like that hot but for like winter, it was hot, like 75, 85 degrees. Mm. And I like got dehydrated before it even got hot. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I never, like the plan there was to like, which is like everyone's plan and a lot of people screw it up, but is to really start racing when you get to Black Canyon City, which is like 40 miles or something. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was toast by 50K. Oh, is yeah. is the second half harder than the first? I heard that. It is when you bonk like I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. There's 
I mean, it's mostly a downhill course, but at mile right after that Black Canyon City aid station, there's a pretty big climb coming out of it, which like that alone would make the second half harder. And like mm. it's heated up in the day. And Most people are there to try to get a ticket to Western. Was that your objective? Yeah. Got it. It's a pretty competitive field to do that. Oh my gosh, I can imagine. Would you try to get to Western this year or with a ticket or sorry, next year with a golden ticket? Um, so I'm sort of deciding between like the Western States route or the UTMB route for next summer. Nice. Leaning towards the UTMB route. Well, it doesn't hurt that it was just on this weekend. I'm sure you were glued yeah. to your computer like we were. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> what did you think of Killian's performance? On your mark, get set, listen up. Looking for a fun way to wrap up your summer? Join us on Labor Day Monday for the 10th annual Island Lake Classic. Events include a fast 5K, a scenic 10K around the entire lake, and a free kids fun run. The autumn colors will be on display at Island Lake Conservation Area in Orangeville, Ontario. Registration is now open at gotterunracing.com. And I'm off! Back to the show. Yeah, that's like amazing how, how he's able to do that. And he was like down by 20 minutes and then just took off and crushed the course record. And also that he, just that he's been doing it for so long. He's like... Did he first win that when he was like 18 or 19 or something? Something like that. Yeah, he was pretty young. He was pretty young for sure. Yeah. And and second place came under 20 hours too, which is still yeah. pretty impressive. And the women, of course, we were cheering for our Canadian who came second, yeah. Marianne Hogan. But it was such an inspiring race to watch. It's hard not to get caught up in the... Well, as soon as you hear that music, they have me. I was just like... Okay, I got to plan my weekend around how I'm going to watch this. <laughs> I'm just curious about the footage. There's not much footage at Leadville compared to UTMB kind of footage. Yeah. So I did have a, like, they were making a film about me at Leadville. So oh, nice. That will come out in the next month. Uh, Rabbit Wolf Creative. Nice. You know, if you've seen any of their stuff. Yeah. Oh, we'll check um, them out. But yeah, there's not too much, like, live coverage for Leadville. I don't know why. Yeah. I guess some of it is probably the UTMBs, the, or what is it? The Those races start like just a couple of days after Leadville. So like the I run far, people are probably already in Europe. And Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Hmm. But being such a huge series with all the different types of races that they have, you think that they might get on that to promote it a little bit more, but eh, it's not a priority. So let's move on to this year's Leadville. What was the game plan to repeat or PR it like you did? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, my plan going in was to run the first half in seven hours, 40 minutes, which was 10 minutes faster than last year. And then once I'd done that, I was going to decide if I wanted to go after the course record or like try and run under 16. So that was sort of like my, my race plan for this year. And I did, it's kind of funny, like I, I ran exactly 740 and then I got there and I wasn't really feeling that great. Mm. And some of it was that I hadn't, I took off into the lead at about a mile 11 and no one, 
no one went with me. And so like, I didn't see any other people from the race for like 40 miles. And I, I think it sort of got me out of that racing mindset. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're just like, I'm on this just big long run by myself. <laughs> do you like that Adrian? Do you like being out front and being chased or would you prefer to do the chasing? I just like, like competing. So like when I got that, like I sort of had this feeling like, Oh, I'm not like competing against anyone. I think that I sort of lost like that extra adrenaline you get when you're in a race that makes things a little bit easier to, to handle. So yeah, once I like turned around and I saw Tyler who was in second at the time, that sort of like got me going again. Like, oh, he looks good and he's chasing me down. He wants to win this. So I need to get moving again. <laughs> wow. And that was around mile what? So I saw him, it was like a mile out of Winfield when you turn back onto the trail. So I was like running, just about to get on the trail and he came like shooting off. I said, hi, Tyler. He looked at his watch and said, all right, and took off. <laughs> towards that, that's actually pretty close. Yeah. Still, was, like he, he could catch you still. Hmm. Yeah, it was like 15 minutes Yeah, behind. And he cut it down a little bit more by Twin Lakes, I think to 12 minutes. That's pretty incredible. What would you say is the hardest section of Leadville or the one that you like the best? See, the hardest is, it would be easy to say like, so what got me this year was that section on the way out, you run down Hope Pass and you turn right on this trail. I forget what it's called. And in my head, I thought of it as sort of a rolling, like easy trail, but it's actually like a pretty decent climb. <laughs> and that's when I was having all these like negative thoughts about sort of that I wasn't feeling good and it's kind of boring. And then I like found myself hiking and I probably did hike there last year too, but I didn't remember it. <laughs> I'm like, why am I hiking so much? Um, <laughs> I still got a long way to go. So that was the section that, that was the section that was the hardest for me this year. And then obviously the second time up Pope is really hard and power line <laughs> on the way in is really hard. I think that's what he was waiting for, power line. <laughs> that, that was that was my nightmare, power line. Because that's when you're really tired and you have to climb yeah. again, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but the good thing about it is like I'm like, all right, if I can just get up power line, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna win the race again. Yeah. I just have to do it. It's not gonna be fun, but just gotta get to the top and then it's you're sort of home free. What's the elevation in Fort Collins where you live? We're right at 5,000. 5,000 feet. So how did you feel moving into five digits, 10,000? So this summer I tried to spend more time at higher altitudes, but I, I seem to handle it pretty well just by going up to that elevation on weekends and being at 5,000 during the week. Right. Yeah. Um, I think... A lot of people that live at those high altitudes, they can't they can't do as much mileage, I think. So or speed work. And I do a lot of speed work. So I think it like works for me to like keep my mileage high and get some good fast workouts in during the week and then go get used to the super high altitude on the weekends. Right. That sounds like a good formula. <laughs> and what was your favorite section, the one the section that you do like the best? I love going up Hope Pass the first time uh, before you're too tired. It's just <laughs> a, 
so pretty up there. And then there's the section. So you climb out of Twin Lakes, which is, that's like a pretty tough climb. But then it's sort of this nice, like gradual downhill all the way into half pipe. And it's, you can start sort of run pretty fast there. And mm. You're not feeling, or I'm not feeling too bad yet. So I, <laughs> yeah, I enjoy that. There's lots of like Aspens and mm. it's, a, it's a really pretty area. Even along the river, coming out of back in May Queen, that's pretty good. That section. River there. or lake? Oh, sorry, the lake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that lake is just so long. <laughs> <laughs> but it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is pretty, but you can like sort of see, like, I have to run all the way to that dam. <laughs> so far away. <laughs> um, and then I always like the finish. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Who doesn't? But, but of course, it has to be an uphill finish, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we looked at the results before we came on to chat with you today. Do you know how many people have won back to back or back to back to back before you? Had you looked? I don't, I could like guess. Uh, I know like Anton did it. Ian Sharman has won three in a row, I think. The first guy who won, is it? Skip. Steve? Skip. Um, I don't remember his last name, but Steve Peterson did it four times. Yeah. So I think you're number six that okay. has has won it at least back to back. And I was going to ask you about three peating, but then you mentioned UTMB. So obviously that may not be a scenario. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Do you like doing shorter races as a lead up to? milers or have you played around with that yet so this summer i did three like really short races i went up to um, new hampshire to race mount washington mm -hmm. and they the weather was really bad on the summit so we only got to race halfway halfway up so that ended up being under four miles oh it was kind of a bummer but then i did two um cirque series races and it's a series that on sponsors and they're at ski resorts. They're both of the ones I did were about 10 K with between three and 4,000 feet of gain and loss. <laughs> so they're, they're really steep, but, and I did, I did okay at all three of those. One thing I've like, I need to realize like, just because I can win a hundred mile race doesn't mean I can win a 30 minute or an hour race. In the mountains. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's a completely different sport. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those Cirque Series races, they really made Hope Pass look uh, flat. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't even imagine that. <laughs> well, a big congrats on you repeating your win at Leadville. I'm just curious, would you ever come to Canada or have you ever raced in Canada? I have not. Wow. I've been to Montreal. Um, for. I went to a Montreal Impact game. When they were called that i guess they've changed their names. what sport is that uh soccer oh okay okay do you know of any of our hundred milers that we have up here the names of them <laughs> no sorry <laughs> putting you on the spot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well we have some pretty epic races too so <laughs> actually you should look at the death race that one's in alberta so it's not as big of a hike for you but but fat dog would be comparable to UTMB. Okay. And 20 miles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then Quebec also has some amazing 100Ks. 100 yeah. 
Where are you guys? We're in Ontario, which is pretty flat. We're just outside of Toronto. Okay. So we don't have any vert. <laughs> <laughs> but we're working on our retirement plan to live in some altitude. Yeah, we need some altitude <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> I mean, there are so many like cool races. And like I've only done one hundred miler twice, <laughs> but yeah, there are so many cool ones out there. You must have a long list. Yeah. And like I'm trying to like take advantage of like this opportunity and use it to travel. Like one of those cir series races when I was, was in Alaska. Um, oh, cool. So nice. I went up there for a week and I felt like I needed like two months to really see, see that part of the world at least. Yeah. Absolutely. And what about the Golden Trail series that they're having in Europe? Do you ever take a look at those series races? We've followed them on YouTube. They have amazing coverage. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a, those are probably a little bit out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> so, yeah, I like I look at the results, obviously, but... Would you ever maybe, go back to Boston? What are you asking if I'd race Boston Marathon Yeah, would again? you race Boston again? I think maybe someday. I still... I always wanted to be top 50, and I my best finish was 57th. Oh. So, I don't know. Right now, it's not really my, my focus, but mm -hmm. maybe someday. And it, it's maybe. such a fun race. Um, <laughs> So maybe when I'm done racing competitively and on the trails, I'll definitely go and do it. As a master's athlete, perhaps. But you've got yeah. some time. You've got some time. <laughs> it's, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Taking yeah. some time out of your work day. But before we let you go, if you don't mind, we have a little fun rapid fire way to wrap up our our um podcast so no pressure just first thing that comes into your mind okay yep uh what's the last concert you went to taylor swift probably <laughs> <laughs> nice. it was um it was this weird this spring it was like a dj playing taylor swift songs at a concert venue it was fun <laughs> <laughs> Right on. What sport would you like to excel at other than running? Uh, soccer. I mm -hmm. was, that's sort of my, that's like the sport I'm like a biggest fan of. And I played in high school. So yeah, like the dream would be to like be a star soccer player for one of the big European teams. Well, speaking of that, because one of the questions on our list, which I wouldn't ask you, because we ask our Canadian fans, Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling, have you watched Welcome to Wrexham? Because Ryan Reynolds has purchased hey. the Welsh team, and I just started watching it this weekend. It's actually really well done. Uh, yeah, I've seen ads for it, so I should check it out. Definitely. It's it, on FX? Or? It's on FX, probably on demand. I've only seen two episodes, but it's cool because they had the idea to film the documentary before they actually purchased the team. So it was the events leading up to purchasing the team. And now they've, they lost, they weren't able to get into the playoffs in the first season that they own them. So I'm anxious to see what's coming up, but it's got such great history. I've always wanted to go to Wales. It looks like a really interesting place, yeah. but seeing those two manage, you know, <laughs> with their North American lifestyles, taking mm. over this institution of sport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I highly recommend it. Okay. Let's see here. 
Pick a superpower. Uh, flight. <laughs> it's popular. That's yeah, an obvious one. <laughs> oh, what's your go-to at an aid station? I just sort of breeze through if things are going going right. <laughs> uh, he runs too fast. I know, I know. <laughs> you know, you're missing all the buffet. You know that, right? Yeah. So at Black Canyon, when things weren't going well, I did enjoy the watermelon. <laughs> Good. What about after a race? What's your go-to reward meal or drink? Uh, pizza. pizza with beer? No, I've never like I've never really understood that beer motivation to finish a race <laughs> that some people have. <laughs> oh, here's a good one for you. Uh, I can't do the conversion, so I'm going to say it in Celsius anyway. Would you rather do a treadmill run or a run in minus 20? Minus 20. Minus 20. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the Colorado in you. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the place you'd most like to travel to and not to race, just to visit? Uh, I guess I've never been to Italy. And going back to like my pizza, my <laughs> Italian food love, that'd be cool. <laughs> there are, like great mountains there and and i heard they could play soccer there yeah that too and <laughs> football. I like watching oh, yeah, football. <laughs> sorry what did you say adrian i like watching uh bike races so they have a zest for life that's yeah. pretty unmatched in the world that's for sure <laughs> well thank you so much this has been a pleasure we really appreciate yeah. you taking the time out of your work day and congratulations again we're really looking forward to seeing what you accomplish in this ultra running yeah. sport because you're new on the scene and we love following <laughs> newbies. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. And you have a lot of fans in Canada, so come on up. Come on up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to look at uh, are there any good fall races? Oh, there were lots of good fall races. In, in Quebec. Yeah. Yes, Quebec. Definitely in Quebec. Learn your French. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay. Have a good day. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. Right. And there you have it. That is Adrian McDonald. Wow. <laughs> wow is all you can say. It is incredible the fact that, you know, Leadville is not uh, an easy course. You're starting at close to 10,000 feet and... Uh, and climbing. But you know what? He really, uh, he got it done. He broke his record from last year. Last year. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's... The became the third fastest of all time to do this course and he beat second place by over two hours so come on that's a, that is a fact that is that's <laughs> impressive it is impressive so <laughs> your eyes are like what <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know that part yeah yeah he, he basically said he was alone for a, a lot a lot of the race there mm -hmm. about 40 miles yeah but i like his strategy the fact that he lives at five thousand feet he still does his his hard speed training yeah but he goes to altitude on the weekends to run slower and higher and longer that, that's a good formula hey, if we had mountains around us obviously yeah. that is the way to go yeah <laughs> but uh, we can't wait to see what he does next and i don't know if he's going to three-peat because he has his sights on western states and utmb or utmb yeah because he was watching it like we all were and we had the hook so <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, that'd be incredible that but if he is at UTMB next year, hey, maybe we'll bump into him. But we won't buy him a beer. No, no beers. <laughs> Just, <laughs> pizza. pizza. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, that's it. Okay. Till next time. We are your hosts, Jody and Norman. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Please visit our website, gotterunracing.com, for more details and join us on social media at Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can support our channel by joining us on Patreon. All of the links can be found in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Cheers.